ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for watching this edition of Unpopular Review. While you're at it, why don't you give us a follow on these beautiful social media platforms known as Facebook and Twitter, at Unpopular Review. But there's another one. Give us a follow on Instagram. We got funny pictures, we got updates, and we have things where we tell you everything that's going on. So why don't you give us a follow on Instagram at unpopular.review. And now, back to the show. Hello, kitties. That's a reference. If you get it, you get it. Uh, tonight, we're going to have something special for you. We're going to do a movie called Tales from the Hood. Of course, that's a rip off of Tales from the Crypt. If you're familiar with that, that 90s classic, then you're going to get it and you're going to love the uh, the first reference that I already did. But let me bring in my co-host, the people I couldn't do the show without, the executive consultant. How are you doing, sir? Doing quite excellent. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on, Christy. Wait. Let's let Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing quite excellent. How are you? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Chrissy, how are you doing, miss? I'm sorry. I'm doing well. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy is, is sipping on something very nice tonight. Would you like to share it with the audience? You know, just a little unpopular review juice. <laughs> purchase, uh, purchase the merch. <laughs> you you got to get it and get lit with us. And then we have somebody. I can't believe we got him. This is a good get. We got the hood devil himself. Welcome <laughs> to hell. <laughs> Welcome. Now, this is this is my pick, Tales from the Hood. You know, I'm the last one in our series of who gets to pick. So every month I'm typically uh, the last one. And I got to wait so damn long and watch so many movies. I said, how am I going to get to watch as many things as possible that I pick? Let me pick an anthology movie. No, I wanted to do anthology movies for a long time. I like them. They're like mini vignettes in, in one long movie. And I thought, let me start with Tales from the Hood because it really goes into um, the black experience to a certain uh, extent. And each of these five segments of the story that comprises the whole film, they speak to the black experience when the movie was made in 1995 and also today, to whatever extent. And you'll see if you watch this movie or you watch it later, that we're really going through a lot of the same things and not too much has changed. And I would love to have the discussion with you if you want to at any point, why that is, who's at fault, what's to play. Uh, but let's go on into the synopsis of this movie. And this the synopsis being for Tales from the Hood. This urban take on the pulp classic or similar name gives us five stories that each explore a different facet of the black experience. Couched in comedy and horror, the segments invite the viewer into a glimpse of the black experience both then and now. We're gonna jump into our best of, worst of, and who would like to take this first? Uh, okay, I'll go first. Mm -hmm. You want to go? Go ahead. Who go won? ahead, Chris. You said you wanted to go. Okay, I'll go. All right, so my be uh, favorite scene, <laughs> I go first, and my favorite scene is the end. Uh, I liked it. That was the best part, you know, him revealing himself, saying, oh, this ain't no funeral home. This is 
hell, walk on hell, you know, stuff like that. And then everything turns into flames, and then these three mofos are burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really did like that scene. It was a great scene. I, I love it. So it was my favorite scene. My worst scene. Oh, Chrissy, can you put that banner up? Uh, I messed it up. Uh, my worst scene, uh, without a doubt, has to be a couple things. One, uh, there was one of the episodes, I'll say, where the child was drawing his uh, mm-hmm. stepfather or whoever as the monster, right? Which is fine. What I did like was after, uh, and I'll talk more about this later, but after uh, Step Pops uh, took care of business, so to speak, the way he was defeated is by having some paper crumpled up. Mm-hmm. And that was a little bit underwhelming. So I was okay. not exactly a fan of that. The other part uh, of our worst scene that I don't like is not this scene. It's almost any scene, and I wish I put their pictures up, with the three N-words uh, at the beginning of this movie that throughout this entire movie. Because they are... Chris, let me, can I pause and just say, I have loved you for a long time. Go ahead. Please go. <laughs> go ahead. It's like, could you find three worst actors uh, in stereotypes <laughs> or, or this movie than those three? They came Boy, in with every single stereotype. <laughs> and they he was ice, like... Ice tea. Like, come you, on, leave, you leave too, too old alone, Chrissy. <laughs> Like, help help me out. Make it believable because you're not doing a good job right now. I cannot stand you. Uh, James and I always talked about these these characters from Transformers 2 and uh, <laughs> Killer Croc from yeah. uh, Suicide yes. Squad. And this, yeah. is, this is all I remember. Like, you know, I know we're Tales from the Hood, but, but damn. Like, really, mm-hmm. you, you could have done a little bit better than this. these three mofos. Just complete stereotype. Uh, I could not stand them. I couldn't stand them at all. No, uh, but I, that's I'm my best scene in person. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but uh, do you believe that they were supposed to be that stereotypical? I think so, but like I said, the problem was the fact that not only were you going to be that stereotypical, you got the worst actors to do. Actors. They were not good actors at all. Not at all. Okay. All right, well, I'll go ahead and go next. Um, for my worst and best, I have my best scene um, is going to be the scene where the cops pull over the gentleman. Um, I forget the the, the character's name, mm-hmm. uh, but they pull him over and then they um, he's essentially calling out the bad cops um, because they're the cops selling drugs in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He attempts to call them out. They don't like that. And they start to, to beat him. And then you hear um, the Strange Fruit song um, play mm-hmm. over that, that scene. And it it was my favorite scene because for one, all on its own, it's a great scene, but it's also something that they duplicated in Black Lightning. And I never knew because I'd mm. never seen this movie before, but there's a scene in Black Lightning in the very first episode where uh, uh, Jefferson Pierce is pulled over by the police and the same song, they play the same song, really? um, very similar situation happens. So that's why I like that scene because it reminded me of the scene in Black Lightning. Obviously they were inspired by this film. Okay. Um, I, quickly, I, I don't know if you want to or not, but it, do you, you you mentioned Strange Fruit? That's the title of the song playing in both of those uh, that you just uh, examples that you just gave. Do you want to give a little a brief back uh, to that or what that song is about for those who may not know watching? I know uh, Nina Simone, I want to say um, the, the singer's name is the one who, who sings the song. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty much about um, black bodies being hung. Um, like lynched pretty much strange fruit because they're hanging from trees. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much that's 
uh, the short of short version of what the song's about. So yeah. it's fitting that it's in the scene where they are, are about to pretty much kill this man and frame him because even how they, they killed him was just crazy. And it's still happening. Um, recently, I think back last year, there was a, a video of police officers in Baltimore planting crack rocks on an individual and it was caught on tape. Mm -hmm. um, but um, let me just, um, for the sake of time, I'll, I'll go ahead and get into my worst scene. And my worst scenes is going to be, hmm, what would be my worst scene? I'll probably have to agree with Chris that any scene with, with the Three Stooges <laughs> <laughs> is probably okay. my worst scene, just because the acting is so bad. They could have gotten someone a little better um, or three individuals a little better. So yeah, that's, that's probably my worst scene with them. Yeah, they were very green. Super green, super green. A call back to another movie that we reviewed earlier. Uh, Hood Devil, sir, would you like to go first? Okay, um, let's see. Because I've always enjoyed this movie. Um, just because of the um, the empowerment that comes in at the telling of the story. Uh, seeing it again, seeing it again, um, right, well, at least researching it made me hype because I learned that there's a sequel. Mm -hmm. Two actually. Oh, yeah. there's, three. There's, a, there's a third, which is funny because trying to watch this movie, I had trouble because I kept running into the sequel, mm -hmm. um, which I'm very excited to watch actually. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No, 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 I have not. I have not. I'm very, because I didn't know that there was a sequel um, to this movie. Now, I guess out of the four stories, my favorite one, has to be the puppet one um, because it's very political. And um, I'm certain that in the South, I'm certain that like, you know, this resonates with a lot of people, keyword resonates with a lot of people in the South, um, you know, with somebody like that. And um, just the way that, Okay, my favorite scene was when do Uncle you Tom. Go, do you want to explain? No, I'm just going to say this. I just want to say this. I was, I was about to ramble, but my favorite scene, if for that one, was when <laughs> Uncle Tom got thrown down the stairs, right? Because the thing about it is that that guy, he, um, he saw the worst parts of Duke Medgar, mm -hmm. and he still decided to work for him, and he decided to work for him for ten grand a month. Right, so then he a ended week. up attempting ten grand a week. Look at that, even Look, more. Who's saying no to that? <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But then at the same time, like it's hardcore coonery because um, you literally you know exactly what you're forcing upon the people, and you're helping him and giving him the words, giving him key things to say, and right after he dies, he goes out and uses it. So um, you know, my favorite scene was that just because of the symbolism behind them and because that was the first person that that got killed in that in that whole sequence and um you know just getting rid of that of the guy of basically the traitor you know um that 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 was my favorite scene for that um and now the scene that i didn't like was when when duke went and hit the old lady like i didn't feel like that was necessary and you know and honestly like all the n-words that he was throwing out there you know, I guess it was a, it was certainly effective to get the audience to really not like this guy, 
and it definitely it definitely definitely worked like i just didn't like it i just didn't like you know the way he was saying and everything even though it was very very effective um but yeah man i felt like it was it, it was overused um it definitely fit to his character but i felt like it was definitely overused fun fact he actually paid plays in um psych i don't know if any of you guys watched that show great show um yeah. he, he plays the dad in psych completely mm -hmm. different character i, I had yeah. no idea who was in this movie yeah. i really enjoy him he was the also show. in star trek i didn't know that either he's been around the block huh and then the <laughs> other one the other scene I didn't like was when they peed on the guy's grave. Um, yeah, I felt like that was excessive. I didn't. I, I didn't think. I mean, I, I I understand why the 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 for the shock value, but then at the same time, um, even though you kind of saw this coming, you saw uh, I, you saw that it was predictable that this was going to happen, but I didn't think he was actually going to grab him on the penis. And I thought that was awesome. He just <laughs> and then he's like, ah! Yeah. It, was kinda, it was corny, but like, it, you know, in the beginning, I was just like, man, that's mad disrespectful. Like, how are you going to do that? You know, but then after that, like, you know, um, yeah. But then the, the symbolism behind that is just that, like, you know, you're talking about a time where anybody, because look, like you talk to anybody that was around in the eighties and the seventies in New York city, they'll tell you that the, the NYPD was the biggest gang in New York. Right. So like, and that's the way, and you know, this was probably LA cops, but that's just the way that people operated. You know what I mean? They, you, they definitely were a part of the drug business. And if anybody tried to stand up and talk and especially a politician, you know, things like, things like that will happen. So, Anyway, I, get, I I rant too much. Go ahead. I'm done. No, no, no. Um, it, it, it's funny because everybody seems like they're telling their best from their favorite, uh, favorite excuse me, segment of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, mine would have been the puppet. When when I, I you know I saw this movie in the theaters, mm. and it got a big laugh. But people love that that one because it's so in your face. Mm -hmm. um, now watching the movie as an adult. I'll say for me, the two most powerful are the monster one, the monster segment, uh, and it has a different title. I'll, I'll have the title at the end of this show for y'all. Um, and but also um, the rehabilitation one, and that's the last segment before we have the final one, the continuation of the three, the three uh, stooges, <laughs> I'll call them, um, uh, their story inside uh, Mr. Sims' uh, funeral home. And uh, so I loved how Jerome is put in that, that deprivation tank and he is confronted. Now, you have to understand in that segment, Jerome is almost killed and he is saved, in fact, by the police, ironically, in this instance. And he is gunned down by three. We don't know these three black assailants. We don't know who they are. And he's saved. Now, he's still guilty of some crime because he had been committing crimes and he's giving a chance and he had like a life sentence and he's giving a chance to get out of that life sentence if he can be rehabilitated to show that he's a productive member of society. So he's in this gothic psych ward, you know, institute, and they're putting him through all these tests and everything like that. And they put him in one of them, they put him in a deprivation uh, tank. And as the lady says, and I mentioned this in my quotes, all you have is your mind. So all he's seeing are the ghosts of people that he's murdered. There's a little girl, there are people who, other people who are innocent bystanders who were shot. 
their people who were part of his crew that he killed because um, they came up short some weeks or some days or whatever like that. So we see that he had no loyalty whatsoever. But pivotal in that scene and that always struck me is when he's first put in the cell, right next to him, his cellmate is a neo-Nazi. I don't know if we could say that on the show. But the neo-Nazi confronts him and he says, this is my plan uh, in the coming race war, right? This is what we want to do. And I like you. You want to know why? Because everybody that you've been killing has been black. Whether you knew it or not, you were actually working for me. So there is a place for you in the coming future after the race war is over. You get to be our slave. And don't be offended because you've been doing it. I'm not wrong. And Jerome has to sit there and think about that. And that, even as a child, that always struck me because it's such a powerful moment. And the cage is like a, it looks like the size of a dog kennel. So he's crouched down like an animal. Um, and they're stripped down, you know, just in their, in their underwear, like jockeys or whatever like that. And right next to him is this man who hates everything about him and yet loves him because he's doing his work for him. And then when Jerome is then confronted uh, by the ghosts of, of his past, you know, and oftentimes people are given the opportunity. Here's the deciding factor. And that's what the doctor even says, you know, what are you going to do? Here's your chance. You know, are you going to change your life around? Everything that you've seen has come from your own mind. I didn't put it there. And for Jerome, he says, I, I, I you know, I'm a victim. You know, people have done that to me. What about mom and dad? What about society? What about all of this and that? And he doesn't take ownership of that. And he refuses to take responsibility for the people that he knows and admits that he's killed. And um, I don't want to give away how that sequence ends. Um, but it's just very, very powerful. The reason I say for the for the monster sequences, watching that back now, I wonder, yes, of course, the kid is being physically abused, but the monster is always coming into his room at night. And I don't want to get too graphic because obviously we're on um, you know, somebody else's uh platform. But I wonder if the if the stepfather was doing anything more to him. And that's kind of the vibe that I got that I missed as a child. Because there are certain sequences when he's jiggling the door handle, trying to get in, and you see the boy has the um, the the door barricaded with his like dresser and, and toys and everything like that. The look of fear in the boy's face is not that he's going to be beaten, but that something else is going on, and that really, really, and I'm glad it did. It really, really disturbed me, and it was very, very powerful to rewatch that now as an adult to to see what might have also been going on at play. You know, so that was very powerful because, again, these things oftentimes aren't spoken about within the black community. Sometimes they want to sweep them under the rug. But this movie, because it's, again, couched in a horror comedy and it's somebody else, it's able to go there. Um, so that was very powerful. The only thing I would say as far as bad would be, and I agree that the acting was crazy, but oftentimes you see that in lower budget films and in black cinema because they, they get who they can afford, right? But I would love to see this movie redone in the modern age, given uh, a Jordan Peele budget. I would love to see what they would be able to do because the sequels are, we, we, we used to call them direct-to-video, right? Now they're just, I guess, direct-to-stream or however they would say that. But I would love to see, given a larger budget, what they could do with something like that if they did an anthology film. Because there is an anthology film of uh, The Twilight Zone, right? And obviously this movie is based off of... Um, 
Tales from the Crypt. So you have a lot of that over the top 1950s style acting that we see, a lot of that pulp. Um, but I would love to see it in the modern uh, retelling with a, a larger budget. But that was the best of worst stuff. And uh, I don't know if we want to go into a break first. I mean, just to piggyback on that real quick. I mean, saying hi to, to Chrissy. <laughs> Chrissy, did you hey, see that me. comment for you? <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay, good. Oh, but yeah, that was a great get about the the the, the child and what might have happened to him. I didn't catch that. Now that you mention it, though, that does make sense. Um, and the actor who played Jerome, it was actually really well acted. I, I yeah, he was in that. The, he in Soul Food? I don't. I think he was in Moesha. Okay, so no, no, Moesha, was that was Jerome in the rehabilitation one. That mm -hmm. actor. Yeah, him. That's what I was talking about. The little oh, boy, the little boy so I'm not sure he, he was the one who set everybody up at Big Mama's house. Yeah, and had the and had the dinner, and then everybody mm -hmm. all of a sudden after she died and all of that. Yeah, we actually we got to remove. We should do that for Thanksgiving. Soul food. That's not a bad idea, but it's too late now because that's in two days. Hi, Shay. But yeah, let's go into a commercial break. <laughs> this. You know, we all we only we got another ten minutes before the commercial break. Chrissy's Russian. She's trying to get out of here. My goal is to prevent World War III, Admiral. Now, the world has only one chance for peace. When will our ships be in position? 48 hours. And just one man for the job. Bond. <laughs> James Bond. All right, we're back. I'm eating a cookie. <laughs> I'm trying to swallow it before I talk. We're going to our next segment, which is called Quotables. I love this segment. I'm very curious to see what you all pick for this movie. As Chris started out by saying the three N-words, <laughs> go into Mr. Sims' a funeral home. Chris, what do you have for Quotables if you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll still there. We'll start. We'll actually go with the three N-words, three musketeers, three stooges, as Chrissy calls them, whichever one you want to call it. Um, their names are uh, Bulldog, Stack, and Ball. Wow. 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 All right, so Bulldog says, hey, wait a minute. You got your gat, man? Stack says, yeah, I got my S word. Bulldog says, well, the dead mother effer come effing with you. You kill his butt. You understand me? Stack says, yo, hold up, Bulldog. How am I supposed to kill something that's already dead, man? Bulldog says, what? Stack says, yeah, how am I supposed to kill something that's already dead? That's like killing some crap twice, man. Ball says, yeah, like some refried beans and some crap. Man, I haven't understood that. Why the F are you going to refry some beans, man? Why not just fry that crap right the first time? You know, I felt a little dumber. All right. So, uh, this you know, we talked about fire. our favorite this is portions of the show so far. And, and let me just quote this right now because I'll be coming back to this later on our best of the year uh, segments. So that and Ant Man recasted. But, but go ahead, Chris, please. Great quote, Trey. All right. <laughs> this was between the uh, two people also. Newton says, darn it, man, there's just no time to panic. Strom looks at him and says, then when the F do we begin to panic? Those were the two cops when they were being chased by the ghost. Um, I thought that was, a, that was a good line. I, I did, did like it and I did agree with it. That actually was one of my favorite scenes um, because there was a, when they were in the car and they were leaving the cemetery, the guy was just standing there. And then all of a sudden they were like, well, how far back is he? And he turned around, he was right there. I was unexpected. I thought that was actually pretty good. So I'll give it credit for that. Um, 
James actually alluded to this not too long ago, but I want to talk about it because I actually did think it was a good scene and good line. So, um, Tattoo Man says, hey, N-word, those people you killed, what color were they? All right. Mm. Crazy K then decided, oh, wow, he's right. Tattoo Man says, they were N-words. I know it. Taste his own blood says, you're cool with me, N-word. I like you. I like you a lot. Right. Very powerful, powerful, understand the underlying message behind it. So um, I definitely, uh, definitely thought that was funny. Not funny. I thought that was interesting. I'm sorry. This was funny. After uh, Mr. Sim says to the uh, three stooges, after you killed Crazy K, a few of his boys killed you. I guess you didn't make it. Wow. Loved it. Ball says, what you saying? We did, MFR? Mr. Sim says, very. Bulldog says, mother effort BS. If we did... Then what we do in a funeral home with your crazy butt? Mr. No Samson said, "This ain't no funeral home. It ain't the terror dome neither. Welcome to hell, mother efforts." I, and I wish I could say with the amount of passion that he said it, but I can't. And I wish I could say with the expletives that he was using, but I can't. But it was it was a really good scene. So I I, I got to give it up for those quotables. Chris, you're absolutely right because Clarence Williams III, the actor who's playing Mr. Sims, he said it like he was orgasming through that entire segment. Right. He, was, he was sweating, he was trembling, he couldn't wait to get those lines out. It was, it right. was great sequence, great sequence. Poetic justice, we should do that too. Yeah, higher learning was really, really good. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'll go next because Chris has stolen two of my quotables. So let nice. me just say, I did also enjoy the um, the "This ain't no funeral home." I wrote that down. It was a great quote. Mm -hmm. Also, the, the the what'd you say? Everybody's gonna pick that. Let's be real. Yeah, it's it's, it's it was mm -hmm. just awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, also, the the quote where it says, uh, "Hey, you know, Nick, those guys you killed." That was a that was a good quote. Um, I also. Like this quote from um, Mr. Sims, he says, um, death, it comes in many strange packages. Um, and also there was a quote, I didn't write down the exact quote, but the, the coded language is what really took, what, what I took away from it when um, in the political, I guess, skit or, you know, short story, they mentioned something about the, the, um, the politician being an original American and I can see mm. that being, you know, the coded language being brought in today. It, it, it's yeah. something very similar, something we've all seen. Um, so that was one of the quotes very that I took from, mm -hmm, took from the movie. Goes, I'm an American, an original American. An original American. And I said, okay, we, we, all, we all know what that means. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just the, the coded everything about it. It's just written really well. So those are my quotables. Would you like to I will say this uh, about about his, uh, Corbin Burnson's character. I I don't I don't mean this literally, but I like that he didn't hide it at all. Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays they try and hide from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he was he. This is who I am. You know it. I know it. I'm not hiding it at all. And 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 that's something that's very much the nineties. Whereas today I mean, but you had the coon that was trying to help him hide it. Say that again. You had the coon that was trying to help him hide it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You see who the who the one is helping him hide it. Very good point. Very good point. 
Vic, you want to jump in here with your quotes? Um, yeah. Um, Mr. Sims had a very good quote um, that's very true to life, and that is that reality is a matter of perception. Um, I really resonated with that. Another one was at the end when the um, when the guy, you know, the guy that was in the in the chair and he was in isolation, quote unquote, on isolation. He just kept saying, "I don't give an s. I 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 don't give an s." And you know, I think that that is how um, a lot of people feel. Just. You know, because that whole segment was very, very political to the point where, like, all right, you killed this person, you killed that person, you killed these type of people, you did this, you did that. You have the ability to change and see the error of your ways. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And I feel, I personally feel that um, I want to say 90% of the public in the United States is as self-centered as this man was. I think that this is a product of, I think this is a product of the environment that he came out to be this way, where he is incredibly self-absorbed and self-centered. And I think that the message behind this was the fact that people now um, are more focused on the individual pursuits instead of something that is communal. You know, in the age of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and things like that, you had a community of people because everybody was going through the same struggle. Um, but then you have the Civil Rights Act, the, the Immigration Act. You have a bunch of people that are coming in that have never been through all of this. And then you also have um, just things that stop. But then at the end of the day, the struggle stops and then the people stop caring. So I feel like that's definite, That's the message that that went behind that. And, um, you know, him consistently saying, I don't give a S, I don't give a S, I don't give a S, I don't get a S. I think that, you know, that's very, very telling of just people in general. Like, you know, you, you care more about your pockets than you do about your own community. Um, so it felt like, you know, him in the end, you know, just getting killed. It's like he chose to, to get himself killed because he only cared about himself. Um, and the last one was right after the uh, first story where one of the goons, he said, man, those pigs deserve what they got. And I really like that he said that because I think that anybody that was watching this movie in the theater or anything literally felt that way after that first story. Um, and he just spoke it, spoke it to life, you know? Um, so yeah, that really, that, that I really like. But yeah, aside from all the things that everybody else deboed, <laughs> in this in this movie, because clearly um, the the uh, the the devil scene was great. Um, you know, I mean, I f uh, well, I felt like it was a little cheesy though, with all the extra crap with the wings and all of that. Like none of that was necessary, but I I thought it was a great twist. Um, but yeah, 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 I'm done. Before I ramble on some more, uh, you know, I thought what you just said. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Let me just say that and, and, and end it like that. I'm going to jump onto my uh, quotes. And again, we seem to be going back to a lot of what Mr. Sims was saying. And what I like about that is in the, I'm going to say not mythology in, in the general sense, but mythology in movie sense, right? When they have people like the devil or characters like that, 
they often will give you the truth twisted, right? So a lot of what Mr. Sims is saying is revealing his hand. He can't he can't help but reveal who he is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's telling the three guys, you know, but they again, just like Jerome or Crazy K as he's known on the streets, um, they're not listening. No. But anybody else would, would be like red flags going, something is off with this guy. But again, they're not listening because they think about the S that they want. That's what you want. And it's almost like he's begging them, not begging them, but but like, here's the door. You can walk out. You can leave. Is this what you want? This is really what you want? I'll give it to you if that's what you want. And the more they, they scream for it, the more he gets excited and he loves it, culminating in that end scene and the reveal that uh, Victor's talking about. But something that Mr. Sims says in this is sometimes when a person's body has been through a lot, the soul is displaced. I'll say that again. Sometimes when a person's body has been through a lot, the soul is displaced. Mm. And of course, he says that when he's talking about the doll in the sequence uh, with the, the political sequence of the guys running to be governor. But that struck me because, again, just like with Jerome, who calls himself Crazy K, um, who, as Vic says, society is doing that and, and it just causes this apathy. That is the culture, the culture of apathy, right? Um, when you've been through so much trauma, the soul, right, the essence of, of a person, it leaves you. That When that happens, are you human? And so it was just very, very awesome. Going back to the drone segment, this is probably going to be my favorite uh, this time around watching this at this point in my life. The doctor saying to Jerome, but you are responsible for the lives you've taken, for the dreams you've turned into nightmares. And then later on in that same uh, scene, the nightmare ends when you say it does. And this is a response to, to Vic's question you know, that he poses. The nightmare ends when you say it does, Jerome. You've got to take responsibility to wake up. You've got to take responsibility to break the chain. You know, she's talking to him like a man. Now, Jerome thinks he's a man. And in his mind, he, that's, that's why I call myself Crazy K. That's why I handle business. That's why I killed these people, because I'm a man. But anybody who's really a man, they know that that's not manhood at all. Mm -hmm. the, the, that tattoo man is calling him out on it. You're a boy. You're an N-word. You're the epitome of an N-word. And that's why you can be my slave after this war is over. Right? The doctor is speaking to him as a man. And he can't tolerate that. And I just had this conversation recently. When you present something to somebody who's never experienced it, if, for instance, if you've never gotten a compliment and somebody gives you a compliment, you don't know how to digest that. What do you want from me? What, what's the game? What's the what's the ploy? You, you, you're not used to it. It makes you uncomfortable, even though it's it's a, a genuine compliment. Right. No one's ever talked to Jerome as if he was a man, as if he had intelligence, as if he had something to offer. And so to Vic's point, what does he say? I don't give an S. I don't give an S. I don't give it. He can't. He's a boy. And, and, and really, I'm curious to know what you all think of this. I think that he was always going to die because, again, it picks up the rehabilitation thing picks up when he's choking on his own blood. OK, he's been shot in the chest multiple times. So that's the giveaway to me to the, and to the audience that he is in between. Right. 
uh, meaning that he hasn't yet left the earthly plane, but he's on his way. The rehabilitation is heaven or hell, salvation. Because again, remember, we see him in Sim's funeral home, which he says is not a funeral home, but it's in fact hell. They've been in hell the whole time. It just looks like earth to them, right? So we see the monster, the monsters in hell, the stepfather who's been doing these monstrous things. We see um, uh, the... Um, the doll that this hoodoo lady has put there, right? Even though the soul, we don't know that the soul is there per se. We see um, the first guy who heard voices of the dead, right? And who killed himself. The one who was a formerly a cop, but did nothing while the guy was beaten. Um, Mr. Morehouse was beaten to death. He's in the funeral home. And then we see the uh, Jerome or Crazy K, and then we see the three guys who are, are going through and, we're, and they're hearing the stories just, just as we are. So I think that was his chance. And that's why the woman, again, all those people there are dressed in white, okay? Much like a hospital to help you get better or something like that. And she's, she's pleading with him. She said, Jerome, this is your chance. This is your last chance. You can change, you can do this. You, you don't realize what you're seeing because again, they often say the human brain can't comprehend certain things. So they put it in something that they could see, right? And he, Jerome, viewed it as torture, being talked to like a man. Right? Yes, Erky. Double feature, just for you. You know, so he viewed it as torture, being talked to as a man. But really, they were trying to help him and make him better. So I always assumed that he was dying and they were trying to save his soul from going to Sim's place, there was an opportunity. If he took responsibility, you know what I mean? If he says, I am sorry for that, but he he, he couldn't. And so it's it's tragic for me, but that's my quotes. And let's jump into, if we're gonna go right into it, our recast. All right. Um, so who would like to go first? I'll go first. Well. I'll go first because I only have one. Okay, go right ahead. Okay, so. Um, for this guy, you know, um, he made me think, he made me think of the South and he made me think of people that, um, that really, that, that really just come to mind when I think about a gentleman like this. And that is, <laughs> um, this guy. Shaking his head. <laughs> right here. But wait, I have one more actually. And you know, you guys. <laughs> Where's he from? I forget. I forget his name. What's his name again? This is Ron DeSantis. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the governor of Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, he reminds me very much, very much of Mr. Metker. Um, mm -hmm. I I currently question the Florida the governor's race from last year because of this guy. And um, I wonder if what position, you know, what what direction the state of Florida would have gone in had um, this guy not been um, the governor at the moment? And you know, the way that he talks, I have a very strong feeling due to um, some of his decisions that they're very, very similar in their thinking of their politics. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's why I recast it. All right, <laughs> very controversial. <laughs> But we'll take it. I love it. 
Um, so I'll go, I want to go next because I want to <laughs> pick this person. <laughs> I want to pick it before I could have swore Vic was going to pick this person. That's, that's why I was borderline not even going to recast this person. But I said, why not? Let me go next. But the thing is, because I wasn't going to recast them because I knew someone else was going to do it. I didn't collect an original picture of the actual character, but luckily mm. he is in our thumbnail. This gentleman right here, Mr. Sims, <laughs> I said, who could play this role? Well, and I, I also thought way. of, I like one of, I also thought of who, who is famous for these quotes that could, who can uh, pull off these Emma efforts quotes like this. Oh, if right you here. do it, that'll be great. <laughs> If you have, if you're thinking the same person, and I got yo, yo. Yeah. Samuel Jackson. That's my request. Isn't that from Glass? Mm -mm. That's from um, uh, I forget the school of uh, of imaginary friends or something right like that. Oh yeah, great, great. I feel like I'm gonna pat myself on the back because as soon as I saw this man, I said that's a, Samuel that's a Jackson. very good recast. Very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so my second one. This is the one I planned in advance, um, but it's not, I don't like this as much as my last recast, but I'll go ahead and, and put it out here. We have this, um, the woman right here. She was, I forget her, the character's name, but she was the mother mm -hmm. um, in the second story. And I said, who could play this woman? It was like a slightly um, more modern version, still um, not 2020 version, but a little bit more modern than um, this movie here. She reminded me of, uh oh, wrong picture. Well, let me delete that. <laughs> but this, something about her, when I saw her, I said, this other actress um, could play her. And she's been in a couple other roles. I think she might even have won a, um, an Oscar. But, oh, it doesn't even want to pull up. So hold on. I'll just say who the actress is. It is um, Taraji P. Henson, back in the day. Oh, I'll give you that. Nice. I'll give you that. So that's the person who I would recast in this role. Anybody remember this actress's name? Yeah. But anyway, her and I recast her as Taraji. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Cookie. Okay. Yes. Cookie and that's in there. Her name is uh, Paula Jai Parker. Paula Jai Parker. And I've seen her in a couple other things like back in the 90s. I feel like she was in a lot of, a lot of movies yeah. back then. All right, so who would like to go next? Chris, do you want to go in, or are you still heartbroken over the Florida commentary? <laughs> He's from Philly. He doesn't. He's. From <laughs> I don't know. I, I. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, I got some recasts I want to bring up. You know, definitely want to go ahead and uh, shout out. I actually have okay. quite a few. Quite a few. All right. Um. Let's start with this guy here. I don't need a thumbnail. Well, because uh, I got I, I came prepared. I did my work, right? I did my homework. And um, who I want to recast this guy? Well, I think there's only one person I could recast this guy, and that would be this guy right here. That's literally the guy. <laughs> there you go. He did my homework by copying my my exam. He copied off my paper. Everyone, I hope everyone sees this. I'm reporting to the teacher. So wait a minute, you're recasting him as a different Samuel Jackson. You're recasting him as Mr. Glass. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking just about. Took my homework and erased my name and put his own name on it. Okay. What I, what I, basically, what I'm okay. saying is, I, I don't respect uh, 
What I'm saying is I don't respect uh, uh, Chrissy's uh, pick because that was supposed to be mine. I've been thinking about that ever since I saw the trailer. All right, but uh, she wanted to go all first. All right, she wanted to go first and screw me up. That's that's what happened. So I'm not I'm not taking it. I'm not accepting that. That's who I picked. That's that's one of my re- whatever. I ain't cheating. That's one of my recasts. Where is a uh... oh, God? I hate when I can't find somebody right away. All right, so one of the cops. Mm-hmm. Right, one of the cops, uh, the one that was the partner, I think. Uh, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, what the one that ended up on the Jesus Chris, you have a comment from uh, Matoon. He says you're gonna look like Mr. Glass when you're in your 50s. Wait, like this version or this version, <laughs> or, or this I like, version? I feel like the second version. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm gonna look like Chris. All right, this guy here. Mm-hmm. I'm ignoring oh, it. Great scene too. It was a great scene. That's why I picked this picture. All right, hold up, man. You hear that? You're boring, Vic. Stop. All right, so um, <laughs> <laughs> the person that I'm picking to recast this guy is none other than this gentleman here. His name is Willem Dafoe. I, oh, I, right. I actually had to look at him the first time because I thought that looked like a younger Willem Dafoe, but then I realized it wasn't. But I still think if we put Willem Dafoe there at a younger age, he would uh, he would play that character very well. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. another recast. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, you should always give me uh, my picks because my picks are good. Lies. Last episode, <laughs> I mean, uh, two episodes ago, you were you were going crazy. I don't know know what you're talking about, buddy. All right, what else we got? I got two more for you, right? You ready? We got some spicy comments. I'm more entertaining than that ex uh, executive consultant (laughs) that's running his mouth. (laughs) Nice. What's going on with you and Matoon? What what, what is this? That's not new, bro. That's not new. This is not new. Yeah, this is, you know, there's always people who it's it's fine. He, what he needs to do is go fill himself because uh, you know nobody's paying attention to him over here. All right, damn. Where's the where's the guy? All right, well that's fine. Well, I wanted to save I wanted to save one for last, but I can't save him for last. So I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, this guy here. Where's he? At? I used to be a big fan of this guy in the '90s too. I thought he was an underrated actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who did some things. So this guy, you know he. Shout out to him. Um, I almost picked him as my uh, a favorite scene, but I didn't want to because of what he was doing, if that makes sense. Uh, but uh, he was just like king crap. All right, king crap. So I was like, who else played a king crap in a movie? That <laughs> and it was, <laughs> I don't want to laugh at that, but, but yeah. This man. Wait, isn't that the big anime scene? Yeah, that's Ike Turner. Yes. When they when they're in the studio. <laughs> oh, this has no chill on this show. I want you to know that, okay? Uh, Tom no, Fuller. but seriously, you can't tell me. <laughs> that's not Tom Fuller. You cannot tell me this man was not going around beating everybody. Like even I don't even thought the teacher. You should have said Joe Jackson. Can, can I? Can we just all admit? I mean, it's not funny what he was doing at all. It's reprehensible. But when he was giving people these Star Trek jabs in the kitchen. <laughs> I have to admit, in the in the in the movie theater, people were cracking up laughing because he said, "Here's an eye jammy for you and you and you 
you and you. And it was just coming left and right. And he said, I'm not done with you yet. I didn't I didn't use it as one of my quotes, but but the, the teacher, Mr. Garvey, he was like, while Chris looks for his other recast, teacher was like, calm down. He says to him, calm down. This ain't your house. I jam it. <laughs> and in that movie, what's love got to do with it? Every other scene, Lawrence Fishburne as Ike Turner was like either shoving cake, taking the galore, which is not funny, obviously, right? That's a reference. Taking the galore. Taking the galore, right? In that scene in the studio, or just like, just like I Jimmy, I Jimmy, I Jimmy, you know. So it. I don't want to laugh at the recast it, but it, it it makes perfect sense. Like I said, it was actually it was actually one of my favorite scenes, but I didn't want to admit that on air because then people think I'm sadistic and some kind of animal. Yeah. But no, it was just funny. I, I get what you said. It it First, funny. it's a horror he comedy. The, he beats the dude, he beats the, the little boy's butt, right? And the woman is like, "Oh, please, 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 kill him. Please. So then he's like, <laughs> he 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 capulets her. <laughs> and then and then. Here comes the teacher, and I think, oh, he's gonna be here. Oh, he's gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And the woman still tries something. He's like, what? Did we have this conversation already? <laughs> God, I mean, David Allen Gray had hands in that movie. Like he was just tearing everybody up. They needed that paper. There was no way to beat him otherwise. <laughs> That's how. That's why okay, I said this, was... picture, this picture of Ike Turner when the teacher said. When the teacher said, So, what are you going to do about it? He says, I'll talk to him. And he says, Really? That's all you're going to do? You're going to talk to him? D David Allen Greer looks up from the table, and that's how he's looking at the teacher like, Is that another recasting, Chris? Who are you going to put? Who? All right. So, I saw this doll laying down. I was like, Oh, that doll looks familiar. Right? I see this. I see this actor before. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. I don't think we reviewed one. Of, yes, we have. We reviewed one of his movies. I think I know who you're talking about. One of Chrissy's favorite. I so, know it because I was thinking we, uh, the same thing. Will Smith. Yes. Yeah, I can kind of see it. Will Smith. Yes. I don't see it. Come on, come on, bro. Especially when they first showed you know, the doll, oh, like when he was still kind of friendly wow. in the face. Yes. Yo, that's funny. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Reluctantly, I'll give you that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, that that was okay. that was my final. That was my that final. Was, that, that was the time. No, I see. I see. One hundred percent. I Jimmy number one. Okay. Time for it. <laughs> Great recast. That Chris, final. I, I don't know about the, the other ones, but that final chat. one was on point. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I, I still remember that one. I knew a man. Chris and I know a guy who looked just like Michael Jackson in Thriller when he turned into a zombie. That is a true story, ladies and gentlemen. And and Chris said I was wrong for that. But when I paused it at the exact moment when Michael turns his head and looks at the camera, everybody knew who I was talking about at the store. So if he didn't look like him, how did you know? How did you Anyways, my recast it. Okay. I think he's laughing at the guy. He knows who I'm talking about. He won't say the name, but he knows exactly who I'm talking about. Please don't say today. Don't say. It. So let me let me before I get back to I Jimmy number one. Let me just let me get back to the dolphin. Okay, that Chris ended off with Will Smith, right? The 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 one star in Will Smith, and there was this guy. He was running around in this little. I guess it's a southern hat. I don't know. I haven't been that far south. I don't consider Miami or Orlando the south. But anyway, this guy, and he was called Eli. 
and he was running around. The house is haunted. They they want reparations. Get out the house, you know. And at points it was like, how much have you been drinking, sir? <laughs> you know, and or sniffing, right? But I said he reminds me of somebody in his outfit because it was like he was like a little country man. You know what I mean? Uh, not being funny, but he had like a little country outfit. You know. And I said he reminds me of Mr. Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh. who I kept saying. I said, who is you know, my recast is always who they remind me of. I said this man looks like Mr. Brown to me. I wish I and I tried to get the picture of him in the little hat when he runs up to the reporter. And I said, this is, I swear to you, this is Mr. Brown. But of course, you know, listen, I always keep it real. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was funny. It's The subject matter is not funny, but it was funny. And I'm not going to fake it like I didn't laugh in the movie theater and when I was watching it at home because I did. And I will laugh again if I see it again because he was just throwing these fists like it was nobody. <laughs> he was throwing fists like it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. He beat Ike Turner. Nobody, he had three people tag team. He was as if Iron Man and Bucky was fighting Captain America and Captain America was just throwing out hands saying, I could do this all day. It was incredible. <laughs> I, I just love to watch it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be flagged for this at some point in my life, but it was funny. Not the subject material, but it, that scene was funny. I don't care. They had to fold up the picture. He was tearing, but he was tearing people up so much. The kid hitting on the table, he said, I want no more action. Mom, you're gonna have to take this L. I don't want no mad. The mother, the mother left the kid to get beat in the kitchen. That's how bad the eye jammies are. Okay. <laughs> and the teacher, the teacher, by the way, was sitting in the car. He heard her getting hit. He waited like at least five slaps and punches before he went back to the door. What's going on, teach? He knew he didn't want that business. Anyway, who am I talking about? I'm talking about Mr. Garvey. Now, this is the kid. He he has some ice over the knot that his father gave him. Okay. Uh. And Mr. Garvey is like, who is this monster? What are you talking about? Now, Mr. Garvey is a nice guy. He's going there. And this is the stepfather, just so you know the look that he has on his face. <laughs> okay. And he says, I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to talk to your parents and we're going to find out who this monster is to get you help because he thinks something's going on, but he doesn't know the full extent. Well, cut to the scene that we're all talking about in the kitchen. David Allen Greer is throwing these hands. He has superhuman strength or something like that. I don't know what he's doing. They need to, the mother got the frying pan and he said, B, you need to get to the boat too. She fell back. I don't blame her. Okay. I don't blame her. Chris is laughing, but I was laughing too. So full disclosure, not at the subject matter, but it was just David Allen Greer, give this man an award. Anyway, they finally managed to win. They got the paper that they alluded to in the beginning of the thing. And that's very Tales from the Crypt, you know, something like that to stop the monster. But Mr. Garvey here ended up looking like the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he was jacked up. <laughs> he, you think the guy's coming in there to save the day? No, no, it wasn't him. It wasn't Mr. Garvey. Mr. Garvey looked like this. He said, damn it, damn it, Tina, get some help. And it was Junior with the head knot that ended up saving the day. So salute to you, Mr. Garvey. You got jacked up. You took those L's. You took those eye jammies so that the kid could get the paper. Fast. Salute to you, Mr. Brown, because you went <laughs> to the movie as well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my recaster. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I love that that final recasting. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I would have grabbed a weapon. He was yeah. ridiculously strong. 
They were all taking L's. He was definitely uh, the final boss, as Chris would say. <laughs> yes. Who, Chris? Who did you say was the blocker, the cock blocker? Who did you say in your in your other recast? The girls, the, the girls, boss, whatever. Yeah, Fel Fel Felicity Shagwell's uh, crew, <laughs> the crew. You know, that was who David Allen Greer was. He was ridiculous. He had Klingon strength. Right. It was crazy. All right, guys. Well, that was our recast. Um, we're going to go into our final commercial break, and we'll come back with our final thoughts. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die Hard. All right, and we're back. So um, if we haven't told you already, next month we'll be doing all Christmas movies. Well, not all Christmas movies. We're going to be doing Christmas movies, at least four of them, right? One a week. <laughs> because one of us is a Grinch and didn't want to do it all the way through. <laughs> but so that we're going to kick off our, our Christmas theme with Die Hard. I'm actually glad you mentioned that. Can, can, I, I, this is my final thing, and we're going to do this on air. Like, like do we have to do this? Do we have to do Christmas movies? I, why, why, yes. are we, why are we making myself? Because why we did we Halloween myself? movies. We have to do Christmas movies. That's just the way it goes. I'm sorry. But, 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 but why are we celebrating Christmas? Why are we, why are we celebrating a man that should be locked up and thrown in jail? Oh. Santa Claus is the biggest offender, the biggest offender of anybody in, in the world. This man stays up late and breaks into people's houses, stealing milk, stealing cookies, Horrifying mm -hmm. children. Wait, is it really those are given cookies. Wait, if it, if it's if the cookies, milk and cookies are left for him. Exactly. Who are stealing from? Chris is we, just a Grinch. That's the long and short of it. He's breaking into your homes. He's coming down the chimney. All right, you know I work at Lowe's. Okay, do you know how much it costs to fix those roofs? In those, in, in those <laughs> that does not exist. I'm, I'm saying yes, though, but you should be happy because they keep you that. Ricky, that you know what? Hold on, hold on. Is the cause hold of hold keeping you doodly employed? Hold mm -hmm. up. You know what else? You know, you know who else is um, is, uh, is not, doesn't exist, Ricky. You're human. That that doesn't exist either. So <laughs> please don't don't tell another joke. Um, but I, I just saying, we really. I mean, he should be locked up. I don't. I don't think we should have a whole month dedicated to him. But I mean, you're making to me do this. My movie is about Krampus. <laughs> okay. So, so next one, long, next long story short, we're going to Wait, be doing you Christmas seen movies Die Hard, next Chris? month. What you say? Have you not seen Die Hard, Chris? I have not seen I Die Hard. Not... You know I what I don't believe? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> you know what I don't believe? I don't believe there's anything golden about you. That's what I believe. Right? So I think you should change that to... I think you should change that uh, that icon you have as a uh, Facebook profile picture. Instead of gold, maybe use some coal, right? And then, then see if you believe in Santa Claus or not, because that's what you're going to get in your stocking, because nobody likes you. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, wow. you're watching a popular review. Like, love, we and love share. Here, We're going to go ahead and, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I have to. not like Home Alone. Oh. Home Alone is a great movie. No. Final thoughts. <laughs> All right. Just be smart. 
right, let's get back on track here. So yes, join us for Christmas movies though, because we're doing them. Um, so final thoughts about this uh, night tale of terror. <laughs> so, you know, I won't even call it that because this movie was not scary at all. They want to say, I didn't pick scary movies. This movie was not scary. And I had to think, if I'm going to see this movie, am I going there to be scared? Because I didn't, I wasn't scared. Um, and the acting wasn't that good. We already discussed that the acting was below par um, um, with a few exceptions. Um, so there's that. Um, and also, but when, when I think of that, I have to think about what is this movie? What is it exactly? Is it supposed to be a scary movie? I'm not sure. But when I saw it, it, it reminded me more of like, um, not a movie, like a folklore. Like you, these are stories that you tell, um, I guess, through generations to kind of uh, teach a lesson or, or, or continue uh, a story. So later generations, you know, kind of similar <laughs> to like, you know, the, the boy who cried wolf almost in a way. It's there's a story behind a meaning behind the story. Um, so with that in mind, I'll give this movie a thumbs up. Um, again, you don't go there expecting a scary movie. It's not that. Um, but it, it definitely creates a conversation. So I did enjoy that about this movie. And if it were, if they were to redo it, I would not want to see it as a movie. I'll probably want to see more of maybe like a, a mini series so they can mm. kind of delve more into like the different stories a little <laughs> bit more. But yeah, thumbs up. Okay, um, final thoughts. I've seen this movie a long time ago and probably during a DVD and chill session, but I've always, I've always, they, um, I've always enjoyed this movie. I thought that the that the stories were great, and um, you know, it's like you know, like Chrissy was saying before, it's it, it's stories for people to think. It's definitely something that, um, no, it's definitely something that that hits home for a certain demographic. And, you know, um, you know, so some of these stories like, you know, like the, for example, the first story with the police brutality, you know, that felt that whole thing just felt very Rodney King. And that was Rodney King wasn't that far um, before that time. You know what I mean? I think it was like maybe three or five years prior to this movie being made. So it really it really hit home at that at that time. Now, um you know, there's, there's a lot of things to critique. Obviously, the acting isn't the best, but the stories is really great. And the twist at the end is just awesome. Like the way that they hook you at the end. I loved it. Um, and honestly, like even researching it now, um, as soon as we finish this show, or at least I'm going <laughs> to attempt to do it if I can. But I'm very interested in seeing the next two movies um, because, you know, if they if th this could have easily have been a show. Like if they had just continued this and like, oh, and one thing I was going to say earlier, because we had mentioned Jordan Peele, um, that his version of the Twilight Zone. Awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. And I feel like this movie is similar to that. Like, you know, like short stories of of people, you know, that just went through hor um, horrible things. Um, so, yeah, this movie gets a thumbs up before I keep rambling on some more. Um, this gets a thumbs up for me. We have been blocked from YouTube. Oh, 
Um, well, as I said earlier, excuse me, uh, this was my pick. I want to firstly thank everybody, uh, all the hosts, and I want to thank the uh, 200 live viewers that are watching this right now on uh, Facebook and YouTube. I don't know what Vic is talking about. Uh, you could be part of that. Uh, if you tune in, uh, we have a show every Tuesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I just wanted to break down the segments. Of course, this is my pick. I, I liked it. I thought, as Chrissy said, it started a conversation. I look at it more in the vein of uh, Tales from the Crypt rather than, um, you know, a pure horror uh, genre film, right? So the first segment you have is the police brutality. The second segment you have, I believe, is the monster. The third segment, uh, or the domestic abuse, right, and physical abuse, and whatever other kind of abuse. The third one you have is the dolls and reparation and past atrocity. And then the uh, last one you have is <clears throat> the rehabilitation of a near-death experience, I'll say, right, without giving too much away. And that's all, again, bookcase within these three guys who are going to make a drug sale at Mr. Sims, or a drug deal, rather, at Mr. Sims' funeral home. Um, it came out in 1995. It didn't have the biggest budget, but I remember everybody would talk about this movie. And uh, I, as I said, I was able to see this movie in the theater, and I enjoyed it. And I always go back to it every so often. Um, I think it has a lot to say. As I said earlier, when I was younger, uh, the doll sequence would have been my favorite one, but now the rehabilitation is my favorite one, and I actually think it's the most disturbing when you consider what's actually going on. And with being said, the ending reveal is legendary. Clarence Williams III, uh, he did a great job, and uh, he just went there with the role, and he did a great job. Um, he had passed away by the time they made the sequel, so Vic, he's not in the sequel, just to spoil that for you. It's somebody else who I think you will enjoy. Oh, yeah. Playing the Mr. Sims role. Yes. Um, but, of course, it's a thumbs up for me. I certainly right. do. <laughs> so is it going to be four thumbs up? That's the question. This movie got a 6.6 .6 out of 10. Well, IMDb.com cost six million dollars to make only eleven million dollars worldwide and in the United States. Not as successful lucratively as other movies that we have reviewed. Um, James talks about his favorite segment or his favorite episode, so to speak. My favorite episode um, probably will be the uh, cop one, uh, the cops with the guy and the politician and stuff like that. Um, I have to admit, when I first saw it, I was like. When James first said this, he, I asked myself, why Why did James pick this? You know, I, I have to piggyback off of C.D. Superior here. He tells the terror, it's over. Why, why are we doing this? Where, where, as James always says, where are we going? Uh, and then I saw the hidden meaning and messages behind a lot of these episodes. I said, that's where we're going. I know James. I know James Wells. Very thought-provoking. It makes you think it's a reflection of times of that time and a reflection of times that we see now. And he likes stuff like that. <clears throat> I, however, don't go into that, that as deep as he does, but I do respect it. Um, and I also have to piggyback more along what Cedar Superior said when I said, well, she said that she'd rather have seen this in episodes as opposed to a movie. This is something I completely agree with. When I go to a movie, I want to see a movie. I don't want to see episodes. When I see episodes like this, I know there was a Tales from the Crypt was, uh, had a show. There was another show not too long ago. I don't know if it's the one. I forgot who I knew that was watching it, but there was a room. 
And every time you enter a room or something like that, room 33 or something, and then they had a different tale for each mm -hmm. one. This is what this reminds me of. It's not a movie to me. It's more of a TV show. And some of them were hits, some of them were misses. Um, in hindsight, there's nothing I really would say was super bad, but they all weren't as good as the other one. So when I've watched this, and I watched this this morning because I didn't have time last night, but I watched this this morning before I went to work. Um, I said, I was like, well, it was okay, but it wasn't a movie to me. It was a show. So this was going to get a thumbs down. That being said, the reason how come I've changed it to a thumbs up is because throughout the course of the day, and then in pre-production, and then when we started um, reviewing the movie, I realized how much I liked that classic line at the end about this is not a funeral home and then welcome to hell. And I thought about that throughout the entire course of this day, which means it stuck with me. That's not something most TV shows can do. That's not something that a lot of movies do to me also. So because of that, I actually changed it to a thumbs up. Uh, and I would not mind seeing a sequel, even though I still think it's better as a show. I would not mind it as a sequel, but I really am always going to remember that last scene. That scene was that darn good for it being so cheesy and so stupid. It was that darn good. I'm actually probably going to watch it one more time before I go to bed because I love that scene. Uh -huh. This ain't no funeral home. This ain't no terror dome. Welcome to hell, mofos. <laughs> and actually, I guess I could curse because YouTube said no. We don't. We don't want you. Uh, so, he's not on us. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know what they're talking about, though. I'll figure it out after the show. But hey, there it is. Four thumbs up. Two shows. Eight thumbs up. Believe it or not, will we get the same thing next week with Tomorrow Never Dies as well as um, Die Hard? We are going to find out. We're going to see. See, take us out. Thanks for watching, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.